everyone, welcome to Glitch Free Gaming episode 185. I'm your host, Mike. No, I'm you're not. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. You're Karen. Did you're Karen? If this is someone's first episode, then they won't know that. <laughs> yeah. Every How many episode... people do you think are finding us for the first time? Every episode is someone's first episode, Paul. No, Karen. I no. mean, it could be. We have a loyal motley crew of followers. That's actually probably more accurate. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I am your host, Kieran. And Mike I'm Paul. Is, Mike is not here this week. No, he's rather on the uh, sick side of the. He's saying the that, trip. but I yeah, think, you know he just got the Godfather board game, so ah, okay. I think we yeah, actually no. know what he's doing. You know. Yeah, no, we we definitely know what he's really doing. He's like. <laughs> Uh, oh, this new board game came. Uh, oh, I need to. Uh, I'm too sick to podcast. I'm reading these rules though. Yeah, that that's used to sound like what I done on Fridays when new games came out when I was in school. <laughs> I'm really ill. I'm really, really ill. I never did that. Four hours later, I'm... house is quiet. House is quiet. Me playing video games. I never did that. But liar. You know, I. My last job is certainly possible, but uh, let's move on. So <laughs> we've got a bunch of games to get through, so let's just we jump do. straight into it because we've been playing a bunch of stuff and we didn't record anything last week. And then no. you weren't on the one before. I've not been on the last two or three. Yeah, um, so this this working thing gets in the way. It does, especially when you have a job that involves working weird hours like you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's just jump straight into it. You've been playing. More more sports manager, so let's just get off get on that. Yeah, um I I really don't have much more to add. Um the game is solid, it's fantastic. They've been adding little updates and stuff that have fixed some little bugs that were going. There were some gra- graphical glitches where the like the, the cars racing around the track that you can view would kinda glitch out and freeze a little bit. Um they're patching it every four to five days with just little bug improvements stuff like that and it's it's becoming a lot more smooth a lot more seamless i've yet to win a season despite the fact that i've now played 10 it's just it's a really good really good management game if you enjoy management games you'll enjoy it if you enjoy f1 you'll enjoy it if you enjoy motorsports of any kind you're probably going to enjoy it That's fair. and you know if, if you have the first one or the one on steam then don't hesitate to buy this one because it's the same game but better. <laughs> I've still not actually played it. I was going to pick it up after, like, I fully intended to pick it up after the podcast last week and I just didn't. It's really, really, really good. Um, I don't know if Mike's ever played it either because he does like F1. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll convince both of you to buy it at some point. It's, just, <laughs> it's like it's four quid. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've now put, like, 40 quid's worth of time into it, so... I need something to really push that PC to its limits, so I should probably get on there. No, well, you won't get to it on Steam. It's not been released yet. Oh, uh, well then I'll need to wait for the definitive edition of it then. Yeah, they seem to... The, the way they seem to do it is they did Motorsports Manager, then a year and a half later, Sega didn't buy the company, but they invested in it to put Motorsports Manager on Steam, because they believed in it so much. I forget, but that wasn't, went... wasn't the Steam version actually quite different as well? 
Yeah, yeah, they, they changed the Steam version up. They added a lot of stuff um, that's now actually in Motorsports Manager 2 on mobile. That's cool. Um, there's still, I think, a bit more depth in the Steam version. Yeah. So it'll that be interesting to see what they add to the second Steam version, which I know is coming maybe not this year, but I think early next year. Uh, but, you know, definitely worth picking up on your phone. Uh, if you've got a commute, which, you know, I know you do. I do. Um, it's definitely worth picking up. Yeah. And it's not only an iOS. I'm pretty sure you can get it on Android as well. If only it was on the Switch. That would be a really, really <laughs> good Switch game. Do you that really... would actually work Do you really well on the Switch. Like, since the Switch came out, there's been plenty of things that have came out being like, that'd be a really good Switch game if they put that on the Switch. I realized that actually just everything would be a really good Switch game. Yeah. Like, you that, think that, about it when you're like... That new Professor Layton game would be really good on Switch. That that one, actually, really... I need to buy that on phone, actually. Um, yeah, the my fiancé was like, I've just watched someone, because she watches a couple of YouTubers who also have a second gaming channel, Yeah. Um, without mentioning their names. Yeah, so I don't um, give them their advertising. No, she watches Dan and Phil. I don't know who those people are. They're pretty big YouTubers, but they have a secondary gaming channel, and she watches that stuff because she likes both. to keep up with gaming stuff, are, are, so she can talk to me about it. Are they um, grumps? No, they're not. Oh. They're not. Um, but uh, yeah, they were playing. They were playing that game, um, and I was like, I've been telling you you'd enjoy latent games, but I didn't tell you about that because I don't think you'd spend fifteen quid on a phone game. <laughs> That's actually and, the only reason that my girlfriend's not picked that up. Yeah. Well. She's actually, like, I've offered to give her my 2DS because I now have the Switch, and yeah. other than playing Pokemon um, at the end of this year, I don't really... But it's going to cost more the... in there. It's going to be a fully yeah. priced 3DS game, or 2DS Yeah, game. well, that's that's what I said. and she. So I told her to go look at the prices of some of the old Lightning games. They're not any cheaper. Yeah. They're still, like, 20 £25 on, on 2DS, even the older ones. So I told her she'd be as well, like, because she, she likes that type of game. Yeah. I told her she'd be as well to pick it up she and spend should, the money and enjoy it. Uh, they're slightly different. Well, they're quite different. But the the Phoenix Wright games are a similar vein of thing and they go on sale all the time. So yeah, I think I'll probably end up giving her my 2DS at Christmas. Because she also seems to think she'll enjoy Harvest Moon because she likes those farming type of games. That's um, so, then she yeah. should get a Vita so she can play Stardew Valley. <laughs> yes. Because that's like Harvest Moon, but good. True, true. The old Harvest Moon games are really good. The most recent ones are Harvest Moon and Name Only. Like they, they, they're different developers and stuff. Ah, right. Okay, I didn't know that because I've always, I've because I like Stardew Valley. I've always thought about picking up a Harvest Moon game. The, the developers that went, oh, the developers that used to make Harvest Moon went on to make the Rune Factory series, I believe, which are more Harvest Moonish. Okay. And they moved on after that to make something else. I can't remember what it's called. But they're sure, making another sure. thing that's basically Harvest Moon. You've actually been playing two games that I really want to buy. Um, one of them slightly older, but came out this year. And and that's Pyre. Uh, it's not that old. Ha- it came out like a week ago. Two weeks really? Ago. I, thought, I thought it's been out for a couple of weeks. I got like a, a good, couple I th- of weeks. No, I thought it'd been out a couple of months, actually. No, no, it came out uh, All right, end I'm, of July. My my timeline's completely gone. <laughs> um, I've been interested in Pyre for a while, so 
Yeah, so Pyre is the new game by oh, I was forgetting the name. Is it Super Super Giant? So the guys Super Giant made, Games, Bastion, yeah, Bastion and, and Transistor. Transistor. Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't a massive fan of Bastion. Like I liked the music, I liked the art style and stuff, but I didn't actually like the way it played that much. Yeah. Um, Transistor though, like clicked for me. Like I loved everything about that. I loved the story. I loved the music. I loved the graphics. I loved the way it played. Opp- opposite way around for me. I preferred Bastion. I feel like it's opposite way around for most people. Like I, I very much understand that I am the outlier when it comes to Transistor. Like most people are like, yeah, I don't like it that much, or it's okay, or just you know, parts were good. But I'm just like, I fucking loved every bit but- of that game. Let's not forget both really amazing games, really stunning art styles, and possibly, yeah, I don't think Supergiant have made a bad game in a lot of people's opinions yet. Yeah, like this is their third game, and it's great. Like Pyre is a, uh, it's the best that their art style has been. Like it's a similar kind of art style as their previous two games, but it's they've just refined yeah. it so much, and again, it's the same kind of music that you'd expect from them. There's a lot of you know acoustic guitar there's a lot of you know somber female vocals yeah kind of stuff but it's the bit where it's a game is again completely different from the previous games like bastion was really different from transistor yeah or rather the other way around because bastion was first but they're very different games pyre is very different from both of those because okay it's kind of split into two sections most of the game is basically a visual novel so there's a lot of just story stuff that you're reading through text for you're making some decisions here and there to choose how you progress and you'll get different items depending on how you progress or uh, different characters will do different things and kind of progress as characters depending on choices you make okay so one of the kind of good but silly examples that they do very early on to kind of teach you this is one of your so the overall kind of setting is that you're like in you're all exiles from this world and the way that you get back into the world is by competing in these games and if you compete in all the games you supposedly will get let back in again alright but okay. makes car- a little bit of sense yeah so but there's in all these different kind of mix mismatch of kind of different races and beings and stuff and one of the characters that's in your group from the start is just a character that's a dog he's like a kind of sentient dog that you know you know uh, anthropomorphic walks around talks has a mustache like a little curly mustache nice and one of the first things that one of the first choices you get to make in the game is he'll come up to you and he'll go I don't know about this mustache <laughs> I think it makes me look a bit sleazy. What do you think? And you get a choice to be like, yeah, it makes you look sleazy. Or, I don't really have an opinion. Or, no, I really like your moustache, which I went with because it's a fucking great moustache. But if you (laughs) call it sleazy, he'll go and shave it and then for the rest of the game he just won't have a moustache. So it's like a kind of introduction into the choices you make will matter. Even if they only matter in that little way, they will matter in some way. Yeah, even if they only matter to the point of one of the characters will no longer have a mustache. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm not, I've not played a massive amount of it so far, so the actual kind of games themselves are, basically your character is a reader. He's like, well, you're, the world that you're in uh, has outlawed reading, and the reason you've been exiled is because you know how to read. So, ah, okay. 
one of the things you do is you read this big book this big book's like yo you should compete in these games so you can get the fuck out of here and you're like all right cool and the book's like yo look at these stars aren't these stars if you look at the stars then you'll know where to go for the games so you're traveling from destination to destination based on what the stars say yeah and i'm like four of those in but okay. when you when you reach one of those locations it goes into what is it's hard to explain it's like an arcadey sports game but with a lot of strategy stuff kind of built into it okay so you take four teammates in actually four no you take three teammates in and you the goal is you want to get the ball that starts in the middle of the field and get it into the other team's pyre which is just you know big flaming bonfire thing behind them basically yeah yeah and i've seen i've seen that much that's what looks interesting yeah so i didn't really understand how it worked before and it's i can understand like now that i've played it i can understand why i didn't know because it's just it's really hard to explain but basically you control one of your teammates at a time yeah and when your teammate is not moving or even if they are moving but they're not carrying the ball they have this kind of aura around them just this kind of big circle around them basically yeah and if an enemy goes into that circle they get banished which just means they get they disappear for a few seconds and then they respawn back at their pyre same thing happens the other way around if you walk into an enemy's aura then you also get banished for a couple seconds but you'll just switch to another teammate and keep going you can also focus your aura which means that it doesn't gather around you anymore but you shoot it out in front of you. Alright. And that means you can basically just... It's like, basically... It's equivalent of tackling the enemy. Like, you'll tackle them, and it banishes them, and they drop the ball. And then you go pick it up. And then you can run, you can jump. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where you're running and jumping, you can jump over uh, opponent's auras, but then if you land in it, then you also die. Oh, Okay. Um, and you get more points basically your, your goal is you want to bring the health of the opponent's pyre down to zero and you do more damage if you dunk the ball into the pyre than you do if you throw it into the pyre so it's basketball basically it's weird it's got it's definitely partly basketball but it's nothing like basketball apart from the part where <laughs> you dunk a ball into something a basketball would be way cooler if you if they were dunking balls into giant fires though oh hell yeah that'd be well. fucking cool um <laughs> But that part of it, like, I wasn't super excited about that part of it because, again, I didn't really understand how it played just from watching videos before it came out and yeah. reading a couple of previews and stuff like that. It's hard to get a feel of how it's going to play. Like, I bet my description there is going to help pre- pretty much no one to understand if they actually want to play <laughs> this game. Yeah, it's not helping me understand. I just it's, think it looks pretty and cool. It's weird, but yeah, it's really pretty. It's cool. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's where. That sports bet works really well. It is like a really kind of arcadey, kind of like action-y basketball game. Okay. And that sounds good. Yeah, and it's really cool. I think it's kind of weird and a interesting choice that there's no AI on your teammates. And this happens for the AI team as well, where only one person moves at a time. Oh, only one person's active. Okay. Yeah, so like you control one teammate and that person is running around and the other two are just standing there. So you can kind of 
usually what I do is I'll take like the big guy and just stand him next to the pyre so that his big aura or horror actually her big aura you know blocks a big chunk of the pyre so it's really hard for the opponents to dunk it while I'm doing stuff yeah but it's weird it's an interesting choice and then all the characters play really differently like they all have different quirks and you know some of them can jump for longer some of yeah. them can kind of hover some of them can there's one that can straight up fly that I just got Nice. Um, again there's big guys that move slower but also they're when they shoot their aura out it's just a big massive area of effect thing that wipes people out um yeah it's interesting it's i'm really enjoying it it's something that i'm going to stick with and play through the whole thing which it definitely sounds <laughs> good it sounds fun yeah definitely i recommend it if you liked super giant's previous games this is as good as their previous games, if not a bit better. Like, I still think Transistor's probably my favourite. Yeah. But yeah. I've also not finished Pyre yet, and a lot of the things that make me like Transistor the most are things about the way that game goes. I mean, you're definitely wrong, but... <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. <laughs> you're definitely wrong about that being the best of the two, but... That's, it's my favourite of the two, not necessarily the best. It's... That's perfectly okay again yeah. still wrong <laughs> so yeah I, I think pyre's pretty awesome yeah. um yeah. you've been playing some prey or you played uh, some prey uh very very little prey not a lot at all um i just did not enjoy it i thought hey i'm gonna give this prey game a go because i really like the crazy old prey where you got the powers and you were the Indian and you had like the ghost bow and stuff like that I don't like that game that much I, finished I, it, but I, don't I really like enjoyed it, it. Um, I thought, Do you know what, what? I really gonna... liked that game the part where you walk up to the jukebox and you can actually hit the buttons and the music comes on yes. just, oh that's pretty good and then that's... the rest of the game was shit <laughs> the rest of the game was shit after that that's terrible kid <laughs> <laughs> it all goes downhill after you leave the bar um, but no, I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna play this reboot or the, like this rename or whatever it is. I don't like it. That I think it's just because I don't like that kind of. It's not even horror game. Like yeah, it's kind of Bioshocky. Yeah, That's what I, I got from the. It is kind of Bioshocky and it's kind of weird and you don't know what like. I got as far as to understand what the things that the enemies were called. And understand where they were coming from, and uh, I got that far. Yeah. But so you got far enough that there was enemies. Yeah, I, I there's got there's no far... enemies for the big chunk at the start there. No, no, I, I got far. Actually, it's not that. It's not that much. Honestly, it's not. It's I about mean, the first half hour. I know that, I, that there was a demo that had that first section, of it, and I played that. Uh, okay. Um... The bit where they kind of reveal the nature of your apartment yeah the... is really cool and yes. then i didn't like anything else about that demo like, i really like all that first reveal... section. I, I liked it up until like they revealed the nature of the apartment and then i started going to the bits after that and then it just became like oh hey this is this is uh dead space or this is bioshock, bioshock yeah. um I've, I've played this kind of thing before and whether it was just the day I was playing it, I wasn't in the mood for that kind of thing or yeah. whatever. It might have simply been down to that. 
I didn't. I'm gonna be honest and say I didn't give it a second chance. <laughs> I, I think put... out of us, I think Mike would be the one that would be super into Prey. Yeah. Given how much he likes the Bioshock series. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Definitely a game for him. Um. Not for me at all. Just mm. didn't enjoy it. Graphically nice. Um. The story at the start and all that kind of stuff had me intrigued. The gameplay after that just didn't have me intrigued at all. Yeah, I just didn't uh, like any of the enemies that were in the demo. Like, I'm sure there's more enemies later on, but... Yeah, I just didn't... I didn't... Even the first little enemy didn't like it at all. Didn't like the the, the kind of weapon options you had. Um, it made it, in my opinion, harder and more limiting. I just I didn't enjoy the gameplay. I really didn't. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. It's um, like... It's one of those things where it's like, I get what they were trying to do with the enemies that turn into other things, and it's yes. like, oh, it's you know they're they're hidden, they could be anywhere, and actually that's just... that's slightly Alan Wakey. Yeah, but then I thought I liked Alan Wake, and then this one is just like this is just the idea is supposed to be like, oh, anything could be an enemy so it's gonna be creepy and scary and it's like actually it just means that when i see two chairs next to each other i'm gonna start fucking unloading my gun into one of those chairs yeah or because, in my in yeah. my case like a a folder of some variety like there was a folder on the ground that kept twitching yeah yeah or uh oh there's two coffee cups because that's the thing at least in the demo i don't know how much it's like that in the full game but a demo at least the way they introduce you to it is that these things, oh, no, that's the aliens exactly can copy things. Yeah, it's but, exactly how it is. They're mimics. Yeah, they mimic things. So they're always next to the thing that they're mimicking. So, yeah, and if they move too far away from it, they're revealed. Exactly. So also, if you're walking around and there's two identical coffee cups next to each other, you should hit them with wrenches because one of them's probably an enemy. Yeah, and I just definitely. Think, I thought it was a smart idea and a cool idea for like five minutes. And then the fact where that demo was like an hour and a bit long or something like that and it was still doing that and it's like oh is this just gonna be the whole game is it just gonna be yeah more or less man that is exactly how it feels an hour and a half two hours in yeah it's just i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm saying it didn't interest me yeah that's the thing i bet that if i forced my way through the first few hours of that game i bet i would fucking love it Oh, you'd probably adore the heck out of it. And I might but... end up picking up on PC at some point before um, Game of the Year stuff because it seems like one that should probably, I should probably. Yeah, get it should. It should come up. Them. I think it should come up. Um, bearing in mind, I'm probably still gonna slate it, but it should come <laughs> up. Yeah, I mean, it's too early to be thinking Game of the Year, but also there's there's been so many games. There's a lot of Game of the Year contenders oh, that man. came out within the first three or four months of this year, never mind right now. Next month is like super fucking busy, but then the rest of the year is thankfully pretty quiet. So, should we be able to catch up on some of the stuff that came out? Yeah, I, I, I'm going, I mean, going into fourth year uni, I'm going to catch up on stuff. No, I'm not. However, man, my fourth year uni, most of it was spent at home. Great. Well... Yeah, I, I don't know if I can see mine being like that. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. So you don't anyway, <laughs> you've been playing a game that I want to know if it's a game of the year contender, and I want to know if I should part with my money for it. 
Hellblade Setsuna's Senua. journey? Senna was sacrifice. The Senna was sacrifice. I thought it was okay. Senna was sacrifice. Yeah. Hellblade. I am Setsuna. Um. That would be a great game. That's a combination of Chrono Trigger style JRPG and action game. Yeah, um, I'm down for that. <laughs> so Hellblade is weird. Like I'm really enjoying it. I don't know how far I am from the end. I've heard it's not super long. So I'm I've probably... heard it's got about six hours of gameplay. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. And I've probably put about four or five hours in. So I'm I either hmm. I'm probably pretty close to the end because I've only like died once as well. I've not. Or twice, but I've, so I've not been, you know, spending a lot of time in every area. I've been kind of getting through it pretty easily. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Hellblade is a. It's a action game. Kind of. Sort of. A lot of that game, you're walking through areas solving puzzles, and all the puzzles are kind of like um. You remember in like the first Batman game, I guess, City and stuff like that had it as well, but. Remember the first Batman game where some of the Riddler stuff was like, line up these two things together so that it makes a shape? Yeah, yeah. You know, like line up these shadows so that it makes a Riddler question mark kind of thing? Yep. There's a lot of puzzles that are just that. Okay. Um, But then there's some like really cool storytelling stuff around it. And then there's some really good combat sequences as well. So you fight against these enemies that are all bigger and scarier than you are and the combat is it's weird because the whole game has this really tight camera yeah so that your character takes up like most of the screen which usually i don't like very much but it really kind of adds to the combat in this one because the main threat in combat is being surrounded okay so not actually being able to see that much is actually part of kind of you know the worry of being surrounded yeah um but the combat is basically like you have a light attack a heavy attack and a melee attack that knocks away shields and then you have a counter and block button so it's i don't want to really say it's the batman combat but it's kind of similar it's like a more complicated version of the batman combat yeah um but then all the enemies have like really cool attack patterns and combos and stuff like that that make them all interesting to fight they're not just all like crowding around you and jumping up one at a time and attacking you like you only fight like two or three of them at a time at most most of the time it's just 1v1 so yeah, they have individually really cool attack patterns that you learn and fight against. And then there's I've done two boss fights so far, and they've both been really good. Um, but like the main thing that this game does well, like the I I'm enjoying the kind of the going through the areas, solving puzzles, and then fighting dudes. Yeah, but the thing it does the well uh, the most is the story stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm more interested in. The whole dealing with mental health issues in a kind of fun yeah. or weird way. It's interesting. It's it's a game that recommends at the start that you wear headphones when playing, and I definitely also recommend that. Yeah. So the whole thing is Cinema, the main character, uh, hears multiple voices in her head. And so it's a kind of schizophrenic bipolar kind of deal? Kind of, yeah. Um, yep. And it's, it's not even actually as bad as like it's, I say as bad, but there's definitely as it progresses, there's definitely things that seem a bit more schizophrenic, but to start with it seems more just like 
the bipolar kind of thing. It's a lot of voices yep. telling her that she's not good enough. There's a lot of voices in her head telling her that, you know, she should probably just give up, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's really well done. So when you're wearing headphones in particular, like you hear these voices, all these separate voices like in your headphones and they all have different volumes and different they come out different channels, stuff like that. So it just sounds like they're coming from all around you and they're they're always kind of chattering away pretty much the whole time. Yeah. To the point where you kind of you know, tune them out after a little while until one of them says something that catches your ear again and it's it's weird. It's one of those things I want that you have to wonder how close it is to real mental health issues. Like the the start of the game they in their credits, like one of the first things they point out other than wear headphones is that they worked with like, you know, a bunch of real therapists and stuff like that to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it gives it a weird kind of uh the whole thing has a kind of horror game vibe. Like it's all really dark and grim. The main story is Senua is a I think a Celtic warrior. Uh yeah. some, I don't think it's explicitly said, but this implication is like she's a Celtic warrior that uh the Vikings came and like raised her village and now she's travelling into the Viking hell to get the soul of her boyfriend. Or that's the implication. It's not explicitly said, but that's kind of what the implication is at least that she's she's traveling into hell to get the soul of her boyfriend and okay as a result she carries around a a little bag thing that is implied to contain the head of her boyfriend in it okay that's um, slightly disturbing as you do aye i've, I've yeah. just i happen to have the head of my fiance in this bag <laughs> exactly so i guess really dark and grim and uh you know she hears voices of spirits that are kind of telling her stories that are basically just you know explaining viking myths and stuff like that yeah and explaining about but they don't explicitly say vikings but they, they call her the call them the uh northern yeah the north the northern northerners um i'm pretty sure it's the northmen from all the reviews i've read it may be northmen then yeah um, but it's it's interesting. It's really cool. I like the way the voice stuff works because uh, all the voices in the head stuff works because when I first started playing it, like I thought it was a kind of cool idea to start with, but didn't think it really added that much. Yeah. And then when I got to the first like combat scenario, which is the one v one combat against an enemy, teaching you the controls. Although it doesn't really have any tutorials or anything like that to teach you the controls, you kind of have to just go into the pause screen, learn the buttons, and figure it out. Um, yeah. There's a few sections of the game that feel like they're a bit rushed, like that maybe, or you know, under budget. But like during that first combat sequence, you know, all the voices are constantly screaming like, "Oh, you you can't do this. You're not good enough," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then one of them shouted, "There's one behind you. They're surrounding you." And so I instantly like fucking turned around. You know, in the game, like turned around and realized there's nothing there, and it's just the voice is just fucking messing with you, and it's like, oh god damn it! <laughs> like these little voices in your head telling you the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, it's really cool so far. I'm really liking it. Um, I'd say the PC version is not super well optimized. 
Okay. So I've got a pretty decent PC and it doesn't run. It runs well, that but well? not amazingly. Yeah, like the first section of the game ran, you know, between like 50, 60 frames a second. So really good. Um, yeah. Other sections have dropped to around 45-ish and have had some drops down to 30. And like all that's still playable and good, but it should probably be higher for what it is. Yeah. Um, because all the areas are really self-contained. They're all really small and linear. So it's it's there's a lot of times where you're just like I don't get why my frame rate's dropping so badly here. Like there's sections where it looks absolutely stunning and the frame rate's locked at sixty, and you're like, okay, why is this running so well? And that last one wasn't like what's yeah. what's going on here? And I've been looking online, and a bunch of other people are also like running on much much beefier rigs than what I have even. Yeah, because mine is kind of a mid range machine anyway. Uh, but they're running on like really beefy regs and being like, oh yeah, the frame rate just like, you know, drops down to fifty in this section and stuff like that. And it's like, oh yeah, that's where I'm getting down to forty five. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of optimization problems. Yeah. I've heard the... that the PS4 versions were very well optimized though. Okay. So it seems I mean, like the it's PC version up. will probably end up being optimized better via patches. So. Yeah, I bet they'll patch it, or maybe like better drivers will come out for graphics cards and that'll kind of fix it. Um, you know, that's how pc games generally work like yeah pc games always end up with oh this game ran really poorly and now we got we upgrade the drivers for a graphics card and now it runs 14 percent better and it's like that's all right fine sure okay okay cool cool PC sounds good around. don't buy games at launch you? um yeah don't, so... don't, buy, don't buy new games don't wait for steam games. sales yeah exactly well the steam sales have been bad recently uh true very true um, speaking of bad things, you've been playing some Sniper Ghost Warrior Three, Paul. So I only have I mean, one question to ask you about it, and that is, yeah. uh, why? It came in the post. It was on my rental list. It came in the post. But it was on your rental list because you added it to your rental list. Yeah, I add everything Paul. to my rental list. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I add everything. Doesn't everything. matter how crap it's going to be, how shit it's going to be. Everything gets. 30 minutes minimum in my machine as soon as it comes through the door. Um, so I just happened to have Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 come through and I gave it a, a couple of missions, gave it an hour or so. Um, not not, not the good one of the Sniper games. Sniper Elite <laughs> is the good one of the Sniper games. Sniper Elite is the good one of the Sniper games. Um, not bad though for a modern kind of Sniper thing. Um, yeah, that's the thing. The Sniper Ghost Warrior games have never been terrible. They've just not been... It's a, actually an okay yeah. game. Um, my main complaint, which might have been fixed by the 6 gig update that it needs, I just didn't bother downloading that because I'm not going to download 6 gigs on my PS4 until I've decided I like the game, is the hit recognition. <laughs> It makes the game harder than it has to be when you fire your shots directly into someone's head and you don't hit them. Mm, are you sure it's not just got like a little bullet drop or anything? It, it might just be I'm terrible at bullet drop and I am terrible at managing the wind direction and all that <laughs> stuff you've got to take into account. It it's might just be sniper. that I was shite at the game. Can you snipe? I can snipe really well in Sniper Elite. To for Sniper Elite, I didn't even snipe that much. Oh no, I do. I literally, like, I hardly ever do anything but snipe in nah, Sniper man. Elite. Silence Pistol, Knife, 
running around just fucking sneaking up on people, knifing them one at a time, and then it's like, oh, I, I guess I should have sniped at some point, but I just fucking stabbed all these dudes. Sniper Elite, find Sniper Nest, take out everyone, move to the next Sniper Nest, take out everyone, yeah. move to the next Sniper Nest, take out everyone. Oh, to be fair, like, when I played Sniper Elite 3 co-op, the AI can't really handle two players that well. So you both just stand, like, far enough away from each other and start shooting. And, and then so, you're basically herding them to the other person? Yeah, like, one of them shoots enough to get the AI's attention, and then when they do, they stop and move, and the other person starts shooting until they start getting their attention. It's like, oh, right, okay, great. We got it. Killing cattle. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I've yeah, never played it online, but yeah. So Sniper Ghost Warrior Three, good game. Looks pretty. Um, sure, it has a nice story because it seems like it has a pretty good story past the first two missions. Um, either the hit recognition's not great, or I'm just really bad at the game. Uh, I still have it. I'm not writing it off yet. I will play more of it. That's fair. So it's past um, the half hour test. It's past the half hour test. I'm. I mean, a game doesn't have to be that good to pass the half hour test. I guess a game has to be really shit to not pass the half hour test. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you're saying this game's better than Prey? Yeah. Prey. <laughs> Although Prey passed the half hour uh... test, it just didn't pass the two hour test. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I got about two or three hours, and then I was done. Um, Let me pick this up on a snipers. Snipers had about the same, um, but I probably will put some more time into that. I just I don't play that many modern military shooters, and this one seems like one that I might sink a little bit of time into because it's quite nice. That's fair. Not great, but it's it's okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it. Talking about uh, games that we enjoy playing. You've been That's playing Starcraft. Worst segue yet, goddamn it, Paul. Yeah, I know. It's the worst segue yet. It was intentional as well. It's the worst segue yet when and I've just been saying, You played a game. Yeah. You played Starcraft two in co op modes. Yeah, so Are you uh, just getting hyped over the fact that Starcraft Remastered's coming out? Uh kinda. Well not yeah. really actually. Like I it's weird. I booted up StarCraft 2 just because I felt like playing an RTS. I forgot that they added the co-op mode because I was like well out of StarCraft by the time the co-op mode came out. Yeah. So I never yeah. really played it much. Um, But also they added... Uh, so you know how Dota 2 does their Battle Pass stuff when the Internationals comes up? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they sell like this book that you buy and it's an in-game thing and then it has a bunch of other stuff and you level it up by either playing the game, playing the game, or buying more stuff, and yes. then it levels up and unlocks more stuff. Uh, they did a really simplified version of that for StarCraft Two, which enough. is it's I can't remember what it's called. It's called like the War Chest or something like that. And you can buy one for each of the races. So you can buy one for Terrans, one for Zerg, one for Protoss. I bought the Protoss one just because you're a Protoss player. Uh, yeah, I only play Protoss, so I don't really care about the unlocks for the other races, but. The way it works is if you play online or if you play co-op, then you get experience, it levels this up, and then you unlock extra skins for that race. What I didn't realise is that all the skins are kind of terrible. At least for Protoss, the Zerg ones look pretty neat. 
Yeah, but the Protoss ones just make them, they're like all like grey armour. And it's like, I don't want my Protoss to look grey. I want them to have the big shiny gold armour because they're fucking Protoss. Um, it's weird. But it gave me an excuse to play the co-op mode a bunch. Which I hadn't done. Um, How had, is it? Were you playing with randoms or were you playing with friends? I was playing with randoms, which went really well because I was only playing on normal. And, you know, I played with some people that were much worse than me and some people that were much better than me. But it's a it's a cool system. So the way the co-op works is it brings in all the campaigns for StarCraft 2 had this kind of thing where you, as you progress through the campaign, you level up this kind of hub area or some kind of like a, you know, you, you'll upgrade the units that you can build and the, the buildings you can make, stuff like that, and other stuff as well. So the Protoss campaign in particular added bunch of upgrades for your ship that you could turn on and off depending on how much energy you had to fuel your ship and okay this stuff obviously wasn't in the multiplayer ever because the multiplayer has to be super balanced so it's just like here's the units you can build here's the buildings you can build to build those units and build upgrades for them but that's kind of it the co-op brings some of that upgrade stuff in and the way it does it is uh you choose a commander and there's a, there's like 10 commanders or something like that four of them are dlc um, but the commanders I think two of them show up in the actual game as like kind of hero units but for the most part they're just kind of a set of upgrades basically and a set of units so you choose a commander and that commander only has access to you know X number of units and you know Y buildings Yeah. so the one I've been playing as uh, I can't remember her name and it's going to drive me insane uh, but she's like the, the leader of the Dark Templars and the Protoss kind of universe and dark templars are just this super strong melee units that are invisible um but they're also like really fragile so they die really quickly but if they're invisible then how are you gonna hit them it's fine yeah um and so she has dark Templars. she has uh the main kind of uh, uh zealots which eventually get upgraded to centurions uh she has stalkers and she has a couple of air units, but that's it. Like she doesn't have uh, any of the mech units that Protoss have. Like Protoss usually have, you know, the big like three-legged walkers that are kind of like uh, War of the Worlds things. The, yep, the Colossus. Yep, like she yep. doesn't have access to those at all. So it's kind. It's weird. It just kind of forces you to play to the strengths of this commander rather than picking a kind of build and yeah. you know, building towards it. It's like the build is picked for you. It's like you're going to be using Dark Templars because that's the strongest unit you have. But also Dark Templars can't shoot things, so you probably want to build some air units as well. And then also, the more you play as a commander, you level up that commander as well, which gives yeah. them more upgrades and stuff. So eventually one of the air units that I have will also be stealth. So... Okay, that's point, pretty cool. Yeah, so some point down the line I'll have stealth Dark Templars and then also stealth air units backing them up. So I'll just have a big stealth ball that's just invisible going around murdering everything which is sounds fucking cool to me i don't know if that i've sounds, got that point yet that sounds great yeah uh and then also uh they have different abilities that you can use as well just kind of um like uh i'm trying to think of a good way to explain it uh but they, they have different abilities you unlock some are passives and some are like basically spells that you use so I've unlocked for my character and I don't think any of the other ones have this is she seems kind of overpowered in this way which is uh, her, her one of her passive upgrades is that once you build a refinery that gives you 
Vespin gas, which is one of the two resources that you get for uh, building things. You have minerals and you have Vespin gas. Yep, yep. Once you build a refinery, you don't have to assign anyone to the refinery to mine it. It just automatically mines gas for you. And it's like, that seems kind of overpowered. That means I don't have to spend the money building six probes at the start to mine gas because it just automatically does it. That's pretty good. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Like, there's, there's stuff like that. And she has spells. She has a spell that drops down a pylon. Like, uh, the Protoss always have these these pylons that give energy to an area, so buildings won't work unless they're in the energy field of a pylon. And yeah. pylons yeah. also give, uh, they increase your max unit count. So she can summon a dark pylon, which has all the same benefits as a regular pylon, but also anything inside its energy field goes invisible. Okay. So her whole thing is basically just make shit invisible, which is yeah, make good. make shit invisible. Yeah. Sneak attack your enemies. Exactly. And then uh, there's what seems to be quite a lot of co-op missions in here as well. Like there's they've put the work in to make quite a few of them. One of my favorites is probably. In the Terran campaign, the first StarCraft II campaign, they had a mission that pretty much everyone talked about once they played it, which was uh, it was a zombie survival mission. It was like there nice. was a bunch of buildings that were infected by Zerg, and all these Zerg-infected humans, which were just zombies basically, would come out at night and attack your base. And then during the day, you had to go out and burn down all of their buildings basically so they couldn't spawn anymore. And they made this into a co-op mission. So you have this this big kind of fortified base in the center that you're building units and building defenses on, and every night a bunch of bad guys come in, start bashing down the doors of it, and you've got to defend it. And then during the day you've got to go out and wipe out all the enemies. Sounds legit. Yeah. So that one's really awesome. Then there's other ones that are just like kind of control point things, where it'd be like, oh, there's an AI that's trying to control these eight points, and if they control any of them, it starts filling up a bar. If they control multiple of them, bar fills up faster. So you want to go and take over the points yourself and stop that bar from going up, basically. Makes sense. Um, like A few of them are like that. That's kind of the most common style of co-op mission that I've seen so far. Uh, but other ones are just things like, oh, there's a there's these like five things out there, go destroy them. And then there'll be a bunch of really tough enemies around each of those things defending it. So you've got to build up a big army, go wipe out these things. And every now and again, they'll send waves of enemies against your base because otherwise it'd be no fun yeah um, yeah so i'm really enjoying that it's, it's getting me way back way more back into starcraft 2 than i expected to and that's it, pretty good because there's starcraft remasters coming out <laughs> yeah exactly but also it won't have co-ops and i actually am not too sure how much i'll probably replay those campaigns i pre-ordered starcraft remastered not just because i'm looking forward to starcraft remastered but i am but I pre-ordered it because if you pre-order it, it unlocks one of the commanders for StarCraft 2's co-op mode. Oh, okay. So, I've not actually played as them yet, but they, it unlocks... So can, you, so can you cancel the pre-order then, once it's unlocked? No, because it goes through the Blizzard store, so they don't do refunds. Uh, uh okay, so you're, you're kind of tied into buying it anyway. Yeah, it takes the money up front, and it's like, okay, buy it. And that's, whatever, yeah. I was going to buy it anyway, so... Can't do the old Amazon trick then of uh, buy it, get the bonus content, and then no. kill it. No, no, you can't do that, unfortunately. Done um, that a bunch of times. It's yeah. good stuff. But it's it's cool. I definitely recommend it. Like, if people have, 
are like me have kind of fallen off StarCraft 2 but really like RTS games, like that co-op mode is worth going back in and checking out. Like even if it's like the thing that made me fall off StarCraft 2's multiplayer was just I get way too fucking tense and way too angry. Like you've known me a long time, Paul. Yes. When have you known me to ever be angry? Ever. Only when playing video games. But even then, most video games, like I don't really care too much. I'm no, no, you're not like you're, like you're not like me. I will <laughs> shout, scream, swear, bitch, moan, and launch controllers across rooms. StarCraft Two makes me angry. Like when I play <laughs> online, like I get so I'm not a competitive person. You've played board games and video games with me, you know this. But StarCraft Two, man. When I lose, I just want to fucking find the person I lost against and punch them in the goddamn face. <laughs> <sighs> RTS games making really... Kieran angry since birth. It's not even RTS games. It's specifically StarCraft 2. Like, <laughs> I will happily play Supreme Commander online and not give a shit the fact that I got wiped out. But StarCraft 2 is just, like, so stressful for me for some reason. Like, I take it so seriously. Just I think just because I enjoy it so much more than the other ones. Like, it's one of the few RTS games I really enjoy playing online. And yeah. with randoms. Like, I like playing RTS games with friends. Mainly because you can fuck around and just build giant bases and stuff like that. Yeah. Like StarCraft 2 is like, I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to fucking play against random people. I'm going to place in the leagues. I'm going to fucking rank and do all the ranked matches. And it's going to be great. And then I lose a bunch. And it's like, god damn it. One of those people. I know. Like, even Dota 2 wasn't... Like, I know a lot of people get that way with, like... MOBAs like Dota 2 and League of Legends stuff like that Dota 2 was a really relaxing game for me <laughs> even when we were losing I'd just sit back and be like this is an hour of my time but it's, it's fun you know we're losing this match but it's good let's do another one after this Starcraft 2 is like I play one match that's you know a fifth of the time of a well, not a fifth maybe like half of half or a third of the time of a Dota 2 match yeah and by the end of it, I'm like, I don't know if I can do another one of these tonight. Irrationally angry? Yeah, I'm like so angry and just drained. Dota 2 is like, oh, I spent an hour playing that game. Let's do another one. StarCraft 2 is like, oh, I spent 20 minutes doing that. I think I'm done for the week. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> me calling sick to work tomorrow. Yeah, it was too much for me. Yeah, the co-op mode's much more relaxing because you're just playing against AI and I don't really, you, know, you don't give a shit. It's just fun to build up silly armies and fight stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've only been playing it on normal difficulty, which isn't really that hard. I'm probably going to bump it up to hard now that I've leveled up my commander a bit, got some of the upgrades. Yeah. Because it'll make it a little bit easier. Um. But yeah, sorry. I've went on about StarCraft 2 co-op mode for too long. Now. StarCraft 2 in no, general, really. No, you haven't. StarCraft 2 is wonderful. Yeah. I used to wa I used to watch it competitively. It's fun. Uh, well, the reason they're doing this um, war chest thing is because there's like a big tournament thing going on. Ah. Okay. Uh, it's on in I don't know when it's on. I bought the war chest and I didn't actually check when it was on. Uh, but was I'm probably going to possibly watch part of DreamHack in the states, which was like two weeks ago. No, well, I think that was part of it. I think it's I don't think it's just for one thing like the internationals is. I think it's for all of the. The build up the, to it as well. All like the all the, yeah, which I think Dreamhack might have actually been part of that. Yeah. Um but yeah, like it's all building up to their kind of final big thing, which I'll probably watch some of that because you know what, StarCraft is pretty good, as it turns yeah. out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a fun thing to watch. Everyone moved on to watching like you know, Dota and League of Legends and 
player on Starcraft. Starcraft still more enjoyable to watch for me. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I can't watch Dota. Like I fucking love playing Dota, even though I've not played it in a while. But I, I, I really like that game. I don't like mobas. I just don't like mobas. I, like I can't get into them. Mobas are like the, they're the golf of esports for me. Like I will happily fucking play golf. I, I will rather kill myself than watch golf. See, and I'd rather watch golf than play golf. <laughs> tennis is actually the same with me as well. Like I would fucking play golf, uh, play tennis in a heartbeat. Do not want to watch it ever. I just can't enjoy watching it for whatever reason. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, and Dota is like that. Starcraft, on the other hand, I will watch and play whenever. I'll watch Starcraft. I'll watch fighting games all day long. Yeah, I've actually been, like, as someone who is terrible at fighting games, I watched a bunch of fighting games recently during uh, Evo. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching... There's uh, there's something interesting to bring up in the news about that um, in a little minute. I don't know if you've noticed it yet or not, but I will bring it up because I noticed it earlier on today. So you might not have seen it. Uh, I don't know either. So we'll, we'll, we'll let's move on to the next game and then we'll get to the news. Yeah. Is yeah. Uh, so speaking of sports, see that's how you do a fucking segue, Paul. That is how you do a segue. I'll give you that. Segue. I will until, until you point you out. Until you point out that it's a segue, and then everyone's like, "Oh no, never mind." Um, you've been playing Madden Seventeen. I have. In it preparation for the video game season to start. When Madden 18 comes out, yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm I'm hype about Madden 18. Um, I, as someone who, and I've I've said this a bunch of times since I bought Madden last year, hated sports games. Thought they were silly, stupid, stupid things. Because they are, I've, unless they're yeah. golf games. I've put a probably the most amount of time and hours of any game in the last 12 months into Madden 17. <laughs> Um, uh, at least it's not FIFA. I just really like American football. That's um, fair. Like I can't. That's a road I can't follow you down, but I can appreciate that you're going down that. I I really enjoy American football. I understood it enough to watch it. My <laughs> understanding of the game after purchasing Madden last year has succeeded like tenfold. I understand rules, understand plays, understand what certain things coaches and players are saying mean purely from playing Madden and doing training on Madden so through playing Madden my understanding of something I already enjoyed watching has greatened and I enjoy it more now that's pretty good I like that um, I just I, as I've mentioned multiple times I can't turn on a big RPG like I used to or even something that's got 20 odd hours worth of content in it and sink as much time as I used to into it. Madden, yeah. I turn on, I can play... If I want to play an hour, I could play a whole one game of Madden and it'll last an hour. If I don't have an hour and I want to play 20 minutes, I'll just play the highlights, which means the game will sim, and when the big plays happen, be it defensive or offensive, it'll drop me in to play them. That's which pretty is how... cool. I like that. Although and it's that's... kind of, in a lot of ways, a kind of admittance of... You know, there's parts of this that aren't very fun, but, you know, we have to put them in because it's American football. So if you want to just do the good bits. Well, yeah, that. So your average game will take 20 minutes if you only play the highlights. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Which I, I actually play the highlights quite a bit because, you know what? 
I came in from work. I'm tired. I can't be bothered. I don't want to stick something on that's going to take all of my damn attention. To stick Madden on for 20 minutes. Just use it to chill out. And that's what I've been using it for. Same thing I used the golf club for the year before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've been playing a bunch of the Ultimate Team stuff, which I never thought I'd ever use those words, ever. Oh, you've not spent any money, have you? I've not spent any money on Ultimate Team. No, I don't spend any money on Ultimate Team. I'm not that silly. If you start going down that path, that's that's no, no. we have to find another third host for this podcast. No, no, I would never spend any money on Ultimate Team. But there's a bunch of challenges right now. If you use your Ultimate Team that you have to complete those challenges, you'll get packs, which you can then open, and you'll get players, which are rookie players or kind of players that were rookies last year who are coming into their own going into the next season or Madden 2018 you'll get those players and you can actually work with them and train them in your ultimate team right now and providing you've got your save on the same machine those players will transfer to Madden 18 and automatically get Uh, a small, small buff or an upgrade okay that makes sense as a kind of you know as a kind of player loyalty thing yeah um, so I'm I'm enjoying doing the challenges to move some players that have been drafted this year and some rookies and stuff over into Madden 18. Um, so yeah, I, oh, cool. it's simple as that. It's I mean it's a Madden game. There's there's not much to a Madden game. I well, really, I don't know if I say I think there's a lot to Madden games. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have I've had this game a year. I've never got to the Super Bowl in franchise mode. I'm also trying to do that right now. My team's the best it's ever been. I'm playing as the Arizona Cardinals, even though I'm a Patriots fan. I thought I'd choose someone different. And they were on the All or Nothing TV show on Netflix last year, so I chose the Cardinals. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm currently in season 2021 on franchise mode because I haven't played that much franchise mode. I've actually done a lot more with Ultimate Team. Um... Wait, is that the year 2021? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. Does it start from... It starts from... Yeah, it starts, started from 2017. Okay. 2018's franchise mode will start from 2018. That makes sense. Um, Do they yeah, get as futuristic as it goes? Yeah, well... it's a bunch quite, of cyborgs? It's quite funny, because this is... Oh, this will be like the... Third or fourth franchise I've done. Yeah. And I, I've taken some of them as far as 2030. It's 2035, actually. Um, and it gets funny because some teams will drop away so you'll see like a big name team that you know like Jacksonville Jaguars or something they'll just disappear off the face of the earth and they'll be replaced by in this game because this was released before any team moved back to LA last season a new team pop up that you've never heard of in LA yeah or a team pop up in London, which well, that's quite cool. that's, Given... that's pretty cool because that is a big rumor that flo- is floating around the NFL right now that there'll be a team in London by 2020. That's pretty cool. I like that uh, because in particular the LA thing, like that, that is something that happened. Yeah, that's that's something that happened last season. The Rams moved back to LA. Um, you've also got you've got um, the Raiders are moving to Vegas now. Yes. Um. And San Diego is actually moving to LA as well. They're going to share the stadium with the Rams, mm-hmm. which is absolutely insane. 
completely mental, and I do not agree with any of it. But you know, so that and this updates weekly. Um, this game updates weekly. Stats update weekly. Player profiles update weekly. Um, when there's a draft happened, so there's a draft happened earlier on in the year. There, updated stuff. Teams got drafted. Players coming in. Players that retired, you can you can no longer play them in this game because it updates weekly. They're retired players now. That's a weird choice. Um, but I guess that that makes sense for the audience. If you're playing connected franchise mode, which I am. Whatever happens actually in the league is updated into the game via oh, okay. an update. Okay, so there every... is just like a regular mode as well that it does just has yeah, yeah. the dudes. Yes, yeah. Um, but if you're playing connected franchise mode, the stats, everything updates weekly throughout the season, throughout the off season. I just really like that. I think it's a really... Oh, cool. It's an attention to detail. They maintain this game year round until they bring the next one out. And even after that, they they still maintain the stats and stuff in 2016 and 2015. Do they actually add much like in iterations of the game though? Like, why would you? Well, they they, they do. Um, it, 17. Loads of people agreed was the best version of the game they ever produced because they updated control mechanics, yeah. uh, they updated plays and certain things that you could could can now do that you couldn't do before and going into 2018 they've done that again but remember they did like a story mode thing in fifa yeah they've added that to 2018 madden you can take one you can take one player through and you you actually get to choose whether that player is a quarterback or a defensive player or a wide receiver but is it the same as the fifa one where they like made a character for it or is it like just you make a dude I have not looked that far into it. <laughs> Alright. Because it's like, that's the thing with the FIFA one. They're always like, oh, look, it's uh, this guy. Alex, Alex Jones. Alex Hunter. Alex, Alex Hunter. Hunter. They're like, it's Alex Hunter, you know, from FIFA. Is the, the people are looking for Alex Hunter. And for all people that, like me, who don't follow football, were like, is Alex Hunter like a real person? Is this a. I know. No. It's like, no, this is a. I mean, he's a real actor. Who really does uh, play and, the role? But yeah, and FIFA this year, there's going to be another one, and it's Alex Hunter again. It's yeah. taking him and his. Yeah, next it's like a continuation season. of the story. Like they have built, yeah. a, they built in the FIFA and cinematic you want, universe. Do you want to know something? For someone who hated FIFA, I enjoyed that story mode. I've heard good things about that that story yeah. mode in general. Like, <laughs> Everyone I know that's played it has been like, that is a surprisingly good story mode. It shouldn't yeah. work, but it does. Which is why I'm kind of hyped for the Madden one, because I prefer American football. Given when I think of stories and, you know, sports games, the thing that springs to mind for me is always the fucking Spike Lee story that they put into uh, the NBA 2K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two years ago? Three years ago? I think it was 2015. Uh, so it would be NBA 2K two K sixteen. Um Yeah. Yeah, I did a story mode that was written by Spike Lee and was the worst. It was just the worst thing. Like you literally have like a ghost friend who gives a monologue <laughs> at the end of the game. It's fucking terrible. Yes. Um Yeah. So you're looking forward to NBA eighteen then, I guess. Uh, and uh, Madden, 
not NBA. Yeah, sorry, not NBA. Sorry, Madden. You look for Talk- the NBA though, right? So, talking about real sports here, not basketball. Basketball's great. <laughs> I actually really do enjoy watching basketball. Basketball's like the one American sport where they realized, well, actually, what if we made this sport fast and fun? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Finally, you got it. But, Apply uh, that yeah. to everything else. Basketball's pretty great. I'll give you that. I just don't enjoy playing it. Oh, no. Um... I well, I actually enjoy I enjoy playing it as a person. I don't enjoy playing the video game version oh, yeah. of it. Well, the, the video games are fucking difficult. I like <laughs> the arcadey ones. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, I'm I'm been enjoy I'm, I'm still enjoying Madden 17. I really don't have to get 18, but I'm gonna. Uh, so you've been playing Slime Sam. Yes, which is a game that I previewed on PC a while ago. Yeah, you. I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it as well. I did. I really liked it. It's a kind of Super Meat Boy style uh, 2D platformer. You know, everything's kind of contained on, or for the most part, contained on like one screen, and you're just kind of platforming through really difficult scenarios to get to the end. And the thing it does really well is that every basically two or three levels, it introduces like a new mechanic that it just uses for a couple of levels, then kind of just drops again and does something new in the next one. So yeah. it's really cool. It's, it constantly keeps things fresh and it's doing that stuff. Um, the reason I'm playing it again, even though I didn't actually finish it on PC either, which why I didn't review it, I just previewed it. Um, although that preview is basically just a review. Uh, yeah. It came out on Switch, like just out of nowhere. Like they didn't really announce it ahead of time or anything like that. They were just like, by the way, it's out this week. And it's like, what? All right, cool. So I picked up on Switch. It's the only console it's out on. Like, it's not out on PS4 or Xbox One yet. Nice. They're just like, we're going to put Slime Sign out on the Switch. By the way, it's out, like, tomorrow. And it's like... Oh, how, oh, how, oh, how much oh, is it? Okay. It's, uh, I want to say it's 12 pounds. It might be a tenner. Mm, that actually, might be actually tenor. be something I pay for. Uh, I highly recommend it. Like, it's, it's a really good 2D platformer on a console that has a few good 2D platformers, but needs more... I don't know yeah. about other people, but playing 2D platformers on a portable system is kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> like, it's where I like to play those games. Yeah, oh, I can't yeah. even check the price of this because I've bought it already. I think it's a tenner. Okay. Now that I think about it, I think it's a tenner. Uh, and there's a lot of content in there as well, and it's really pretty. It's got a really nice sense of humor to itself. I just recommend it all around. The Switch version is great. It looks great in portable mode. Looks great on the TV. Yeah, I actually probably prefer playing it in portable mode. Um, I think some of the stuff's kind of small on the big TV because it's you know this little kind of there's a lot of small sprites and stuff like that. So yeah, I find it yeah. easy to just not be able to see some stuff unless I'm like portable right mode makes more sense. Then portable mode definitely makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just really good. Uh, like I really like it on PC, and so if you have a Switch, I buy it. it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Uh, I and I'm like two thirds of the way through making a video where I've recorded a bunch of footage from some Switch games, and I'm like doing a kind of here's four non like four games on the Switch that aren't you know big Mar- games. yeah they're not Mario Kart, Splatoon, or Zelda. <laughs> here's, yeah, yeah. Here's four games you might have missed that are on there, and um. I had to rewrite part of the like script for it to put Slime Sand in <laughs> to it. To now include Slime Sand. Because yeah. originally I was just going to do three. Because I was going to do 
I mean, I'm going to give it away anyway because whatever I don't it's more just for me to learn video editing uh, it's Graceful Explosion Machine uh, and then I'm blanking on the others Graceful Explosion yeah. Machine, Goner and uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris were the three that I originally wrote it for okay. and then I was like Slime Sand just came out of nowhere people should probably buy that uh, and then I might need to update it again because Severed came out uh, this <laughs> week that does look quite good. Um, and then apparently at some point in September, um, it's kind of not. Well, this is part of the news, but I'll just chuck it in anyway because it's not big section news. Is Thimbleweed Park is actually coming to the Switch just yeah. after it comes out on PS4? Yeah, which I've not played that one, so that'd be quite cool. Um, well, it comes out in PS4 this month on the twenty second, and yeah, it was, it's due mid September for the Switch. Yeah, it's been out on PC for a while. Oh, really? Okay. It came out. It came out like last year. I, um, I mean, it's PC games in me, Karen. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's, it's not it's the not, PS4 or the Switch. It doesn't not, exist to me. It's not like you bought a gaming laptop or well, well a, a powerful laptop to play games on. Yeah, I did, and actually now it's redundant as fuck. <laughs> but you really liked uh, that police game. Oh, this is the police. It's great. <laughs> still play. I still fire it up every now and again. I need to actually still fire up the sims 4 every now and again as well oh, Jesus. yeah i know oh, i have problems major problems Jesus. so um, it's really board games this week or uh, should just... i just entirely leave that because <laughs> i know nothing uh just the one i'll go through it quite quickly because um we can actually get away with it because mike's not here and he hates deck builders so... yeah so you might as well do it right now when you've got the chance. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, super hot. Uh, oh, actually, something I want to play board game was. Uh, you should also play the video game because it's great. Um, I, I do like the video game. Super I've hot is yeah, one of my favorite games. And so, super hot. The video game is like a first-person shooter where time moves. Time doesn't move unless you move, which is so it means you could dodge bullets and stuff like that because. You know, you see someone shoot a bullet, you see that bullet coming towards you, but it doesn't move unless you're moving, so you just step out of the way, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, they made a card game based on it, it was Kickstarter by uh, Board and Dice. And it's interesting, it's a deck builder, so you have, you start with a deck of eight cards, just the starting cards, and they're, you know, things like dodge and punch. And then you have a bigger deck of. Uh, I'm trying to look at. I bought a playmat that came with it as well, so it has all the stuff written on it. So I'm trying to move stuff so I can see it. You have the obstacles deck. Okay. Which has uh, a bunch of dudes with guns who literally are called like guy with shotgun, guy with pistol, etc. etc. Um, guy with shotgun. Yeah, exactly. That was, um, a, that was a really hard fight against <laughs> that guy with shotgun. Well, you'd be surprised. And then you have uh, the bullet deck. And also, the also the deck also has things like um, uh, glass bottles and tables and chairs and things like that. Like environmental things that you could interact with in the game. Uh, like in Super Hot, you could pick up bottles and throw them at enemies and stuff like that. You could flip yeah. over tables and stuff. Um, so the way it works is there's a bullet deck and you take one bullet, shuffle it into the obstacle deck and then you flip over a mission card from another deck. And the mission cards are all things like uh, like they basically tell you how you win this round. 
and yep. every you every level or every round you take an extra card so level one you have to do one goal card level two you have to do two goal cards and three you have to do three goal cards and then after you've won level three you win the game okay and the goal cards are all things like uh there's two types of uh damage basically two types of points there's like dodge points and there's attack points they're red and white basically and some of them will be like oh if you have you know eight attack points in your hand then you win the game that's the the level's over um and the way it works is you take out the top six cards from the obstacle deck and lay them out in a, a line and that is the line you have to deal with this turn and you can use cards to defeat uh cards so all the the cards in the line will have kind of they have two values like one at the top which is what the value of that card is when it's in your hand and a value at the bottom which is what it is when it's in play yeah and so the one at the bottom will be like oh a guy with shotgun might have maybe four red so you need to play four red to be able to take out a guy with a shotgun and then they all have like abilities as well so guys with shotguns will shoot two bullets at you if they aren't dealt with by the time the round ends so okay. you can play as many cards from your hand as you want to take them out and when you do that you take them out and you can either destroy or you can uh, knock out those guys and if you knock them out they go back into they go to the discard pile for the obstacle deck okay and if you destroy them they go into discard or they go into your hand for the next round so you can use them to play against the next round alright okay so destroying them is actually effectively better yeah, for the most part, but um, part of it is that you want to be. It's weird. It's this weird thing because the way the all deck builders work is, you get a bunch of junk cards in your deck, generally, and you'll be pulling out junk cards that are kind of worthless and not what you want, and so you need to manage your deck in some way to have the best cards, and the way this works in Super Hot is that you play cards to defeat things in the line. And when you defeat things in the line, the cards that you played go into the obstacle discard rather than back into your discard. Yeah. So the cards you use get turned into obstacles against you, and then the cards you defeat go into your hand. And also, the number of cards that you play, you take the those that number of cards from the end of the line, and they, those also go into your discard pile and eventually get shuffled into your deck. So you've got this weird kind of loop going where you're trying to manage both the decks are uh, both the cards that are in the obstacle deck and the ones that are in your deck so you can try and get the stuff you want in your deck but also if you don't deal with a bullet card by the time it gets to it's going to cause you problems yeah when a bullet card should go into your deck it goes into your hand instead so one it's taking up a space in your hand and two if you have i think it's three bullet cards in your hand then you lose like you're dead that's it it's out yeah uh no sorry it's four because you're there's no hand limit in the game but if you have more four or more cards you don't draw anything during the draw phase so you could have a hand of four bullets and that just means you've lost because you can't draw any more cards you've lost and okay 
It's weird. It's it's a cool twist on deck building, which Mike will probably hate because it's still just deck, deck building. building. Yeah, it's still deck building. Um, I'm quite liking it, and as a solo game, it's it's quite fun. I'll probably play a few more goes of it. Um, as a Kickstarter, uh, the game mat that came with it's kind of not great. great. I mean, it's okay. It's fine, but. I think I'm just spoiled by the one that we got, or I got from Draco Magi. Yeah, from Draco Magi, because that which was really amazing. high quality. That was like the best thing. Um, that was so. I should play more Draco Magi. We should play Draco Magi. We should, because it's uh, great. It is. It's a fantastic game. Great artwork. Um, but yeah, so like the the game that's not great. It came with I backed the tier that came with like a plastic figurine of one of the dudes from Super Hot. That's actually pretty neat. Uh, it came with this little, like, fold-out box. This, like, a kind of smaller box for putting all the stuff in. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Um, the cards all look really nice. Like, the artwork's really good because it's just kind of stuff from the game. The box looks really cool. Like, they did a good job with it. As far as Kickstarters go, like, you know, they can sometimes be real hit or miss, but I think the Super Hot one has kind of succeeded. It's done the job. Yeah, and as a solo game, which I don't, I want to play more solo games. So it's kind of it's easy enough to pick up and play, and it's just like okay, well, I'll you know get a quick game of Super Hot and just now. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, um, I I need to go through the gold cards because so far the uh, the or so the mission cards because so far the ones I've seen have all just been like, you know, have X number of white points in your hand at the end of the turn then you win or x number of red points at the end of the turn you win okay or one of them actually was oh fuck what was it one of them was uh destroy five uh five pieces of environment during so all of the cards also have like a, a a type which isn't really useful except for with goals. So, you know, bad guys are people. And there's obstacles yeah. that ha- are split into, like, objects and environment and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think these are actually specific, like, real examples. But, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's basically the idea. So some of the goal cards will be like, you know, destroy or kill five people in this turn. Or, you know, in this round. And you get a little marker that you put against it so you can know how many you've done. Um, it's neat. I, I think it's I think it's alright. I think you're probably quite like it, actually. It's a kind of simple little single player. Yeah. Play. Um, next time I'll see you, I'll let you have a wee go of it. Um, Please do. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There's Dude with Shotgun. <laughs> dude with Shotgun. Uh, there's okay. a table. Absolutely grand. So is. There's a table and the action. Oh, can do... there not be dude with table? There's not, but you can flip or, the table. Or dude on table with uh, shotgun. There's dude with baseball bat. That's nice. That's nice. It's good. Uh, there's bottles. There's a pillar. Nice, nice. Yeah. This is it's cool. They did a good job with it. I like Kickstarter games. I'm glad cool. this one finally showed up. Well, actually, it hasn't been that long. But yeah, that's the only card game I've been playing recently. Um, or at least that I'm going to talk about this week. Because I also played Scythe and uh, Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion. 
but I'll talk about those when Mike is back because he has played a lot of those games as well. Yeah, and I've not. Yeah. Okay, uh, Yeah, so should we move on to the news? Yes. So the first thing is the thing I was talking about a little bit earlier there, the speaking of fighting game scene. Um, so you might not have seen this. It happened earlier on today. A member of Capcom mm -hmm. who had a presentation video on his personal YouTube to use in business meetings accidentally made it public. That's something you don't want to do. No. This entire video was about the strategy for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite's esports. Um, right down to the how much profit they intend to generate before the end of 2018, how much profit they intend to make for each member of the team. So Marvel get a cut, Capcom Japan get a cut, and Capcom USA get a cut, right down to the penny specifics of what each of those get, mm -hmm. as well as the sponsorship tiers that people can sponsor the events at. And, you know, going into depth of how they're going to use Capcom Pro Tour and they're going to use the online top 14 to get into the finals and all of this stuff for the Capcom Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so literally in-depth business stuff is now floating around in the FGC. Yeah. I'm looking at it now, like the... Uh, Joy Cooler, the guy who runs EVO... Um, because Evo is mentioned in their yeah, Evo is mentioned in the plans that are here. Yeah, it's mentioned, and they mentioned like how sponsors can make use of Evo and stuff like that. And he tweeted saying that they had nothing to do with the video; they were not consulted about it. It was used without their consent. Like yep. Evo was had nothing to do with any of this. And um, the guy whose YouTube channel was that he uploaded to uh, has said, since removed it he's removed it but obviously it's the internet so it just keeps getting uploaded again yeah um but he also said it was a proposal it's not a finished thing um none of it was final it's just his kind of it's his it's not an actual plan it's a proposal for a plan um but yeah it's it's, it's interesting yeah especially because um the lack of hype for Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Yeah, and like I think uh, they're maybe. I don't know. Like they don't want that stuff to be public because it's never a good look. Like no one to wants have to be... it public is never yeah. a good look. Yeah, but especially before your game comes out. No, definitely. Like, I mean, no one... especially when they're talking profit margins from tournaments. Yeah, like no one wants to be the next evolve where you hype your game up as being like, oh, it's going to be so fucking... You know, the competitive scene's going to eat it up, it's going to be massive, and then it bombs within like a month and no one plays it. Yeah. And I don't think Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite will be like that, because it's an alright game from the demo, but it's but also like the lack of hype for that game when... Like, I've seen so many people that are super into Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite that... Or into Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and, you know, the previous ones that are like, oh... Dragon Ball Z Fighters looks like the better Marvel vs. Capcom game. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it'll be interesting. Quite, to see. It'll be interesting to see how big the Capcom Fighters 
group becomes compared to the Marvel versus yeah. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, I think it will still do well, especially with uh, the competitive scene. Like the competitive scene, will always love Capcom games. Oh yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. But you know, this is also not a good look for a game that's also had a bunch of leaks. Yeah, yeah, like almost everything has been leaked at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I mean, so... whatever roster leaks and stuff, like they haven't everything. Yeah, that's that's not so bad. I mean, for exact forecasted revenues expenses and profit that's a bit per- weird yeah but also i don't know why anyone would care about it outside of capcom <laughs> that's the other thing no oh, yeah why would you care about a game's profit margins <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> strange yeah um i mean it's kind of up in the air whether it's one it's not a good look but two does it really affect anything that much not really <laughs> Really. Should people really be uh, that mad about it? Probably. Some of the stuff where they're talking about, like uh, specifically, like, uh, fighting game tournaments and stuff like that, might. Yeah, uh, um, I think the sponsorship tiers and stuff like that, like spon- people knowing how much sponsors are going to pay, yeah, it's maybe a little bit bad. Yeah. But hey, whatever, we'll be fine. Um, yeah. Did you get any news open, or do you want me to go through some stuff? Yeah, continue. That was my only piece of news. Okay. Other PS4. <laughs> firmware update uh, 5.0 which is happening uh, yeah but it sounds like not very interesting no the only thing is it's going to make uh, PS4 Pro owners be able to stream to Twitch in 1080p 60 frames a second yeah which is neat but yeah. that's pretty neat uh, doesn't really affect me yeah and for something that they're calling like the 5.0 version of Playstation is like that's uh, that's a really small update <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like the stuff they're adding is like that, and also um, notifications will show up now in your uh, home menu. It's like, oh, okay, that's great. Don't think I really needed that, but I think it's probably more to do with PS4 Pro than it is yeah. us with the uh, good old standard PS4s. Yeah, but even then, like Twitch streaming things, not really that big a deal. But yeah. no, no. Um, no Man's Sky is getting an update. They've had a an ARG for a while that they've been kind of hinting and teasing at a new update. Uh, but now they have announced that there are going to be a new update over some point this week. It'll probably actually be out by the time this podcast comes out because they usually update on Sundays. Um, but they're calling the the update Atlas Rises. And yeah. Basically, they're adding like a bunch of story stuff to it. Is this the one I've seen where there's kind of a Stargate dealy? Yes, so they're adding a bunch of story stuff, but also they're adding uh, portals, which portals were already in the game, but they didn't do anything. They were just things you could find, and they looked cool. Uh, they're adding the ability to turn them on. Ooh. They've not explained what they do. They just say they let you travel to other locations. They're a freaking Stargate, guys. I really hope that they take you to somewhat random locations or new they do some kind of cool otherworldly thing that's not that makes it different environments from what you usually get in the one sky but i hope they just embed a stargate game that'd be pretty neat um <laughs> there was a there was a give really, me sg1 the game there was a really good map for half-life 2's multiplayer that was stargate themed and you could go in and hit the buttons and the stargate turned on and then you could teleport around nice nice neat. there's Sweet. a stargate and 
Just Cause 3. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Wasn't Just Cause 3? Yeah, Just Cause 3, there's a um, Stargate in there. They're producing a new series of Stargate that's only going to be available via the Stargate streaming website. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's but I'm probably still going to watch it because I really love Stargate. That's fair. Um, anyway, this update's got to add portals. They don't know. They haven't said what it's going to be. I hope that it's something like Stargate where you can, you know, hit a bunch of buttons and go to a random place or something and explore the world that way or explore weird worlds that way. Yeah, the I, only, I can, can the, see the only downside to that being that you might not be able to take your ship with you unless you can take your ship through the Stargate. Yeah, but the way that they've already got portals, they added it in the the creator update. Yeah. Because you can create a portal in your home base and it lets you teleport there from space stations. Alright, okay. And the way that works is just that your ship just shows up. So they'll probably just do the same thing. The thing I'm worried about is that this is just going to be connected to that. This is going to be, oh, you turned on a portal in this planet so you can now teleport there from your home base or from a, star- a space station. Uh, and no, that, that would, would be... kind of bum me out if that's all that it is. That would bum me out majorly. I hope it's something more interesting than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no more Sky Game more updates. Would... They're supporting that game pretty good. Hey ho, they're, they're supporting it pretty well, despite yeah. the uh, travesty that was its launch. Uh, yeah, whatever, it was fine at launch. It's such an overblown fucking thing. It definitely, yeah. yeah. It was. I think the major problem with that game was it was too overhyped. Yeah, like a king that came out was exactly what I, I expected it to be. I, I genuinely think games gaining that amount of hype is not good for them. Especially indie games. Like That's the thing that everyone forgot during the development of No Man's Sky because Sony was you know, hyping it up and everyone was like, oh man, it's going to be... It's gonna be the all game. It's gonna be the only game you ever need ever. And it's like, no, it's a fucking indie survival game set in space. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna be. You're gonna walk around. And you're gonna hit rocks, and then resources are gonna come out of them because that's how all of these games work. People are dumb. Yeah, that turns out. Um, speaking of dumb things, Valve has announced a new game. Yeah. Half Life. Yeah. No. Um. Artifact. Half-Life 3. It's called Artifact. It's a brand new, unique property. And it's definitely not a collectible card game based on it's, Dota. It's a Dota, it's a Dota CCG. <sighs> it's fucking, That's exactly what it is, Kieran. It's a Dota CCG. It's fucking Hearthstone for Dota. Yes, it is. <sighs> well, I mean, if LoL can make a board game. Lost board game's great though. It's fantastic, but this is more comparable to absolutely everyone making collectible card games for mobile and stuff now. There's a yeah, fucking because, rabbit because one. of Hearthstone. There's a rabbit's one. Yeah, there is. There's a rabbit's one. There's Hearthstone. There's Gwent. There's hey, uh, I have Gwent on PS4 and it's really good. There's the Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, which is freaking horrible. I've heard the last update made it a little bit better, but it's nah. it's that's not a good CCG. It's not that's a bad game. It's just not a good CCG. Hearthstone's still pretty good. I just don't like CCGs as the main thing. I don't like the bit where you have to build your deck and be like, I want this to be like. See, I love CCGs because that's where I got into board gaming. I like played so much Yu-Gi-Oh. The only thing that makes me interested in the artifact is that it's being made by Brad Muir, or worked on by Brad Muir, not specifically made by him. 
And yeah. he's the dude that used to work with Double Fine, who worked on Psychonauts. He uh, was the lead on Iron Brigade, which I fucking Oh, which was a Iron great Brigade. game. Uh, he was also Iron the lead on Massive Chalice. Yep, good game. I fucking love Massive Chalice. Like, he, he's led up some amazing games, so maybe it'll be really good. If not, uh, yeah, whatever, fine. It's another fucking card game. It's another CCG. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but Severed is out on Switch now. Yep. Uh, it's the second game that you can't play docked on the Switch. It's, oh, you can only play in portable mode? Yeah, because it's touchscreen only. Uh... It was the same on the Vita. I mean, Vita, obviously, you couldn't dock anyway. But, like, I mean, it, it was a touchscreen only game on the Vita as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I reviewed that game for the website, and I really liked it. Like, I didn't expect to, but I ended up fucking loving that game. Don't know if I'd rebuy it, but I I definitely recommend it. It looks real pretty. Yeah, yeah. I bet it'll look real nice on that screen. It will. The Switch's screen is really nice. It is. Um... Uh, Atlas announced two new Persona games. Actually, three new Persona games. Yeah, because we needed more Persona games. Man, I can, I can go for some new Persona games. They may they're announced. Persona... I've still not played five. You should play Persona Five. Uh, they announced Persona Q two, which is a sequel to Persona Q three DS game. It's also coming out three DS. Okay. Uh, which Persona Q was the kind of their mix with uh, Etrian Odyssey. Uh, so you're like drawing your own maps and stuff like that, uh, and it had a kind of chibi art style that had Persona. Four and three characters in it, I think, and this one's got Persona Five characters in it. But then the two that we actually care about, which I don't have the names in front of me, but I need to open them up because they're really good names. They're such good names. You're a good name. Uh, I am. I am a good name. Come on, you're you, a gamer. But you don't have story for this. You don't have a good name. No. People don't like you. You don't have a good name. <laughs> Alright. They're doing two of them. They're doing the Pokemon thing. Ah, right. Okay, so you're getting, like, same game, different stuff. Yeah. Slight mildly. Sequels to the best Persona spin-off games. Which was Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Unless we're getting Persona 5 Arena, no one cares. Uh, I would also really like that. But no, uh, sequel to Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which was a really good uh, rhythm game with Persona 4 music in it, which I also reviewed for the website again and uh, really liked. Yeah. Um, the sequels are Persona 3 Dancing Moon Night and Persona 5 Dancing Star Night. Okay. Because Moon and Star are definitely interchangeable with all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're coming for uh, for let's go say for Persona Four. They're coming for the PlayStation Four and Vita at uh, some point next year. Fair enough. I will probably buy them both because I'm a sucker. Uh, yeah, new stuff open. Uh, there's a Fallout board game coming. Yes. Fantasy Flight's making it. Actually, pretty hyped for it. I read some of the rules. They sound pretty good. You're actually going to play the special system. That's pretty good. I hope that it's more stuff like that and not stuff like the Bethesda games. Uh, they're actually basing on they're I basing know. on three and four. I know, but they have to say that because Bethesda owns the license. But I really hope it draws more inspiration secretly from 
because I would rather it be good than not. Yeah, well, they're running with the special system, and they're also running with, like, um, you know, you can have your characters a ghoul, and there's a radiation and health system. If your radiation and health ever cross over, then you die. Hmm. So you do need to manage your rads and your health. Okay. Um, for, from some of the kind of basic rules I've, I've read that are available, um, it sounds pretty legit and fun. Neat. Um, I hope it's good. I'll probably buy it. Because I'm yeah, sucker. I'll end up buying it. I I'm don't play that many. Fantasy Flight make good games. Yeah, Fantasy Flight make really good games. I don't stuff. buy that many board games. I don't play that many board games because I don't get time to. But I'm definitely buying that regardless. Yeah, um, just quickly skimming through the news. Let's see if there's anything else I missed. Uh, I don't think so. Did you see the Pokemon Go event they had recently? Yes, there are people suing for that. What a fucking disaster. Absolute disaster, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. A For Honor gets a couple of new DLC characters. Sure. Yeah, For Honor's actually going free-to-play on PS4 Wait, and really? Steam uh, from the... Sent to the thirteenth this weekend, but you can oh, preload okay. it. You can preload it as of the eighth. That's pretty cool. Let me try that. Um, to let people oh, play yeah. with the new system. Yeah, and they're adding new characters. They're adding the Highlander and the Gladiator. Yeah, they're 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 letting people play those for free for a weekend. So I might actually preload it for this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think that's all the news. Resident Evil Revelations one and two are coming to Switch. That's the only reference. I might actually, I might actually buy those. I will probably buy them. I good, good games, good games. Yeah, I bought Revelations two on PS4. I've never played the first Revelation, um, but I bought two on PS4 and played through the first couple episodes of it because it was episodic originally. Yeah, um, yeah. But I never finished it, so I, I happily finished that off on the Switch. Um, any more news that you've seen? No. Should we move on to new releases then? We shall. Awesome. So this is new releases for the week ending the 18th? Yes. Awesome. August 18th. Yep. Um, so we have on Tuesday, August 15th, City Skylines is coming out on PS4. Yeah. That kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, no, it didn't. It was announced a good while ago. I know, but it's been out on Xbox One for a while, is it not? Mm, possibly, but... I think it's been out on Xbox One for a bit already. Um, that's cool. I was playing City Skylines the other day on my PC. That game's still good game. great. Yeah. Great game. Don't yeah. know if I'd want to play it with a controller, but I mean, it's probably fine. It probably will work It's a it simple fine. enough game. It's made to be a simple game. Um, yeah, yeah. Sonic Mania comes out on Tuesday. Nah, you're alright. I'm super fucking excited for that one that game looks legitimately great nah you're not right no not a Sonic fan not since the uh, Mega Drive this that, well then you should look at Sonic Mania I, I will okay I'll look it at is, Sonic Mania Sonic Mania is 100% like going for that it is okay. like basically a lost Mega Drive game nice nice it looks really good like it's sprite based it's using sprites really similar to those games 
Um, all the levels are really cool, and some of them are remixes from Mega Drive games. Yeah. It looks legitimately great. I'm going to pick that up on the Switch, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need more stuff to buy. That's fair, but it's worth looking at, because it seems like it's going to be good. Um, the one that you might want to just avoid is Sonic Forces, which comes out the month after. Which I'll probably also pick up, but that's yep. the 3D one. That's the next... Uh, Troll and I has also come out for Switch. That looks pretty good. Yeah, I've not seen much of it, but the little I've seen of it looks interesting at least. Yeah. yeah. It's an action adventure game. That doesn't really explain anything. That doesn't tell me much. Thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, the reviews for it on PS4 it has a Metacritic rating of 39. That is not good. That's not good at all. No, definitely not. That's a shame. Maybe the Switch version will be a bit more fixed up or something. We can see. We can only wait and see. Um, Matterfall is coming out on the 16th of August. That's the okay. new game by Housemark. Okay. So, I don't know if the This is a side sure, I think. Uh, I don't know if they've shown much of that. I... Haven't seen much about it. Yeah. Uh, I think I was too focused on um, um, the last one they released that I forgot the name of, which is annoying because I really liked it. Um liked it so much he forgot the name I know it's annoying but whatever Housemark make fucking fantastic games yes they do they do um, Agents of Mayhem comes out on August 18th yeah, yeah. which uh, speaking of things that came out of nowhere yeah that game I bet that game will be really good it looks really good but I keep forgetting it exists <laughs> I have it on my rental list um I'm also looking forward to Fortnite going free to play when it does. Yeah, that one I'm looking forward to as well. That seems like um, it's still quite a while away from going, from actually. Probably because they're making a crap load of money from the pre-sales, so yeah. uh, why would they make it free to play just yet? Well, yeah, but also like it's not even close to being finished from what I've heard of people that have actually played it. Ah, uh, see, I've not been looking at it that much. Um, but yeah, Aegis of Mayhem, weird open world. Fight. Is it open world actually? I guess I don't even know that much. It's it is. It's kind of crackdowny. Kind of crackdowny. Kind of central fourish. Yeah. It's central developers. Deep, yeah. Volition Deep Silver. Yeah. Central. That's the thing. That's the bit where I'm like, okay, I'll probably like this because yeah, can't yeah. think of the last Volition game that I didn't enjoy. I guess Central too, but you know, like I really like the Central games generally. I really like uh, Red Faction. Yeah, generally. Uh, remember Red Faction Gorilla? Red Faction Gorilla was freaking great. Remember the fucking and I won't have, anything, won't have anything else said about it. Remember the Melty Gun? Oh, the Melty Gun was fantastic. Me and, you played too much, me and you played too much of that game. I know, yeah. I should reinstall that game. That game was great. Um, anyway, Thumper is coming out on Xbox One. Um, nah, you're right. I didn't realise that wasn't out on Xbox One. Um, you really enjoy Thumper. Thumper's fucking great. It's one of the best rhythm games ever made. Yeah. I feel safe saying that. Uh, I have it on Switch and PS4. Uh, the Escapists 2. Oh, wait, no, that's next week. Yeah, that's all the stuff that's out there uh, on the 18th. Fair enough. The I have Escapist seen Age Agents of Mayhem. I've just seen it, having looked at it, being described as Crackdown had a baby with Central. That's very good. Mm. It's. I think the bit that is putting me off it is the bit where it doesn't have co op. 
but everything about it feels like it should have co-op. What is it with you and co-op? Uh, it was the best bit of the Saints Row games. Stop having friends. <laughs> Open world co-op games are super fun. Saints Row 3 and Saints Row 4 co-op were amazing. and I didn't play any of it, really. Oh, played some so with you, good. but that's about it. Agents of Mayhem is also a game where you make like a squad of characters and you switch between them. Ah, I see that. That's just made for co-op. Exactly. It seems like it should just be, you know, three players playing as Automatically should be made the... for co-op. Yeah. It's bizarre. Everything about it feels like it should be a co-op game, and then they're like, eh, but it's not. Um, I yeah. don't know whether, like, it'll probably be really good. Like, Saints Row was great. I think it's probably yeah. not going to sell super well, though. Ah, uh, we'll wait and see. It's currently being pre-orderable for about 35 quid. That's cheap. Yeah. From a website I've never heard of, mind you. So. What website? M- MMOGA? Uh, I don't know. Never heard of it. Probably for PC and not PS4. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's for PC. Yeah. From cdkeys.com. Hmm. Um, you stay away from cdkeys.com. They're not good people. Any more last-minute news or anything? You are the problem. Any more releases or anything that you are looking forward to? No. No. Not at all. Oh, wait. Not fun Uh, whatsoever. uh, 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 StarCraft Remastered comes in Tuesday as well. (laughs) There we go. There we go. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I forgot because I'm looking forward to Sonic Mania as well. Next week's going to be a good week. (laughs) I was waiting until you uh, realised StarCraft was in next week. Which you'll auto have now because you pre-ordered it. So there you go, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's us then. That is until, short podcast. When until next week, it's still pretty long. Even our short podcasts are pretty long. Yeah, we do ramble a bit. Do apologise, people. Yeah. Well, you know, there's only two of us, so it feels a bit better. I see better, a bit faster. Maybe. A bit. Don't worry, Mike will be back with uh, several hours of board games. Next week. I know for a fact he's going to talk about the Godfather game, which I'm really excited to hear about because I want that game. Which he's totally not playing right now because he's sick. Playing it. So I wonder if that game does have a solo mode, actually. It probably does. Hmm. Anyway, until next time, this has been Glitch Free Game Episode 185. You can contact us on Twitter at Glitch Free Game, Facebook Glitch Free Gaming, and emails Glitch Free Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, God. No. <laughs> See, I never normally mess up. Uh, podcast. It's not podcast at Glitch Free Gaming dot com. No, it's it's just Glitch Free Gaming at Gmail dot com. No, we have, to, we have to Glitch Free Gaming accounts. Oh, yeah, podcast at GlitchFreeGaming.com. God damn it, Paul. <laughs> I mean, also send things to Glitch Free Gaming at Gmail if you want. We'll, we'll we get those as well. Yes. I, 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 those zero emails. I don't use my Glitch Free Gaming email address. I, uh, I have it connected on my phone, but we just get spammed. <laughs> no one sends real emails. Except for yeah, occasionally well, Ben. The, the podcast account gets stuff but my personal one doesn't because I don't give it out to people. Uh, but if yeah. anyone needs it, it's paul at glitchreegaming.com. 
<laughs> yeah, it's our names at glitchfreegaming.com. Also, send yeah. emails to our names at glitchfreegaming.com. Please yeah. don't send abuse. We can't take it. We might cry. Eh. Eh. I'll just send it back. Uh, bye. Okay. Bye then. <laughs>